chapters fifteen and sixteen of sevastopol by leo tolstoy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapters fifteen and sixteen of part three sevastopol in august eighteen fifty five before going to his officers kozeltoff went to greet his company and to see where it was stationed the breastwork of gabions the shapes of the trenches the cannons which he passed even the fragments of shots bombs over which he stumbled in his path all this incessantly illuminated by the light of the firing was well known to him all this had engraved itself in vivid colours on his memory three months before during the two weeks which he had spent in this very bastion without once leaving it although there was much that was terrible in these reminiscences a certain charm of past things was mingled with it and he recognized the familiar places and objects with pleasure as though the two weeks spent there had been agreeable ones the company was stationed along the defensive wall toward the sixth bastion kozeltoff entered the long casemate utterly unprotected at the entrance side in which they had told him that the ninth company was stationed there was literally no room to set his foot in the casemate so filled was it from the very entrance with soldiers on one side burned a crooked tallow candle which a recumbent soldier was holding to illuminate the book which another one was spelling out slowly around the candle in the reeking half-light heads were visible eagerly raised in strained attention to the reader the little book in question was a primer as Kozeltov entered the casemate, he heard the following: Prayer after learning, I thank the Creator. Snuff that candle," said a voice. "That's a splendid book." "My God!" went on the reader. When Kozeltov asked for the sergeant, the reader stopped. The soldiers began to move about coughed and blew their noses as they always do after enforced silence the sergeant rose near the group about the reader buttoning up his coat as he did so and stepping over and on the feet of those who had no room to withdraw them and came forward to his officer how are you brother do all these belong to our company i wish you health welcome on your return your honour replied the sergeant with a cheerful and friendly look at kozeltoff has your honour recovered your health well god be praised it has been very dull for us without you it was immediately apparent that kozeltoff was beloved in the company in the depths of the casemate voices could be heard their old commander who had been wounded mikhail semyetrich kozeltoff had arrived and so forth some even approached and the drummer congratulated him how are you obanchik said kozeltoff are you all right good day children he said raising his voice we wish you health sounded through the casemate how are you getting on children badly your honour the french are getting the better of us fighting from behind the fortifications is bad work and that's all there is about it and they won't come out into the open field perhaps luck is with me and god will grant that they shall come out into the field children said kozeltoff it won't be the first time that you and i have taken a hand together we'll beat them again we'll be glad to try it your honour exclaimed several voices and how about them are they really bold 
frightfully bold said the drummer not loudly but so that his words were audible turning to another soldier as though justifying before him the words of the commander and persuading him that there was nothing boastful or improbable in these words from the soldiers kozeltoff proceeded to the defensive barracks and his brother officers sixteen in the large room of the barracks there was a great number of men naval artillery and infantry officers some were sleeping others were conversing seated on the shot chests and gun carriages of the cannons of the fortifications others still who formed a very numerous and noisy group behind the arch were seated upon two felt rugs which had been spread on the floor and were drinking porter and playing cards a kozeltoff kozeltoff capital it's a good thing that he has come he's a brave fellow how's your wound rang out from various quarters here also it was evident that they loved him and were rejoiced at his coming after shaking hands with his friends kozeltoff joined the noisy group of officers engaged in playing cards there were some of his acquaintances among them a slender handsome dark-complexioned man with a long sharp nose and a huge moustache which began on his cheeks was dealing the cards with his thin white taper fingers on one of which there was a heavy gold seal ring he was dealing straight on and carelessly being evidently excited by something and merely desirous of making a show of heedlessness on his right and beside him lay a grey-haired major supporting himself on his elbow and playing for half a rouble with affected coolness and settling up immediately on his left squatted an officer with a red perspiring face who was laughing and jesting in a constrained way when his cars won he moved one hand about incessantly in his empty trousers pocket he was playing high and evidently no longer for ready money which displeased the handsome dark-complexioned man a thin and pallid officer with a bald head and a huge nose and mouth was walking about the room holding a large package of banknotes in his hand staking ready money on the bank and winning kozeltoff took a drink of vodka and sat down by the players take a hand mikhail semyonovitch said the dealer to him you have brought lots of money i suppose where would i get any money on the contrary i got rid of the last i had in town the idea some one certainly must have fleeced you in semperapple i really have but very little said kozeltoff but he was evidently desirous that they should not believe him then he unbuttoned his coat and took the old cards in his hand i don't care if i do try there's no knowing what the evil one will do queer things do come about at times but i must have a drink to get up my courage and within a very short space of time he had drunk another glass of vodka and several of porter and had lost his last three roubles a hundred and fifty roubles were written down against the little perspiring officer no he will not bring them said he carelessly drawing a fresh card try to send it said the dealer to him pausing a moment in his occupation of laying out the cards and glancing at him permit me to send it to-morrow repeated the perspiring officer rising and moving his hand about vigorously in his empty pocket hm growled the dealer and throwing the cards angrily to the right and left he completed the deal but this won't do said he when he had dealt the cards i'm going to stop 
it won't do zakhar ivanovitch he added we have been playing for ready money and not on credit what do you doubt me that's strange truly from whom is one to get anything muttered the major who had won about eight roubles i have lost over twenty roubles but when i have won i get nothing how am i to pay said the dealer when there is no money on the table i won't listen to you shouted the major jumping up i am playing with you and not with him all at once the perspiring officer flew into a rage i tell you that i will pay to-morrow how dare you say such impertinent things to me i shall say what i please this is not the way to do that's the truth shouted the major that will do feodor feodorovitch all chimed in holding back the major but let us draw a veil over this scene to-morrow to-day it may be each one of these men will go cheerfully and proudly to meet his death and he will die with firmness and composure but the one consolation of life in these conditions which terrify even the coldest imagination in the absence of all that is human and the hopelessness of any escape from them the one consolation is forgetfulness the annihilation of consciousness at the bottom of the soul of each lies that noble spark which makes of him a hero but this spark wearies of burning clearly when the fateful moment comes it flashes up into a flame and illuminates great deeds End of chapters fifteen and sixteen